This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Sabrina Hahn and Christine Layton. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. Oh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sabrina. Wow, good morning, Steen. How good is spring? Oh, I walked down I love to um, Hyde Park in Perth the other day, and the cygnets are out with the swan mothers. Uh, I always nearly have a car accident along Vincent Street <laughs> because I always break to look at the cygnets. But it also reminds me that it's kitten season, and the two don't combine very well. So let's no. hope that they all last. I know. I know. It's, it's not just kittens; it's also crows. Yeah, magpies. Oh yeah, uh, birds of prey. <laughs> yeah, they get they get a bad rap, don't they? Um, I also saw a great nursery sign that I wanted to tell you about. Um, yeah, you know those those boards where you put up the individual letters. Yes, um, they put some work into this one, and it said, "I'm so excited to see spring that I wet my plants." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I actually wet my pants. I'm so excited about spring. (laughs) What have you been up to this week? uh, Well, I went to Bustleton yesterday and did a gig down there and had like 280 people turned up. So they were all into spring because I had Johnny Frog, Johnny Profumo, and we were talking about creating habitat in our gardens regardless of what size but also my garden is starting to come alive because I've got lots of native plants and um and just for something to do I decided to rip up a whole area of paving and re <laughs> and redo that so that's in the process as we speak yeah yeah keep laying bricks Dave um <laughs> uh, but I'm so excited about this time of the year because yeah. All the big festivals are on. So we've yes. got the Kings Park Festival, Spring Festival on. And you will be there with Jillo on Wednesday. Jillo and I, and I'm actually going to crash her party and I'm going to... You're going to co-host? Yeah. Yes. So You um, two are a party. <laughs> so come on down and watch the fireworks, is, as it were. Is Jill going to let you time out to news? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> you know what? You'll actually nail it. You've been on radio for 25 years. I know, so sure I know. I'm pretty pretty cool with it. But it'd be lovely to have a big audience, so come on down. Yes, definitely. Um, and we're going to talk about the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Festival, yeah. which is on uh, from the 9th to the 21st. Yes, yeah. So we'll have Sue Layton on at 9.30. Yeah. And that's a cracker. So she'll tell us all about what's happening down there. I'm leading a mob of Victorians uh, on a little tour with Steve Wood, who fills in for me, um, doing a little wildfire ta-da, ta-da around the area. So, um, And, of course, I am the, the holy patron saint of the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Festival. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Who's got the better wildflowers, uh, us or over east? Uh, oh, us by far. Just checking, just checking. Just wow. Checking. Yeah, we, yeah. we cream it in. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did you there. 1300 222 Let's go to Jason in Bunbury to kick us off. Hello, Jason. Hey, you going? Good morning. Um, yeah, just a quick question. I've got some, I had some landscaping done in my house over the winter. Yep. And Brought in a lot of midges. Yep. Um, uh, I've got new. I've put the mulch in. Got some all native plants. I've got no stagnant water, but the midges are attracted to the render, and I just want to know how can I, what can I do to control them? To the render. Yeah, they 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 uh, attracted to the render. They sit on the render. But sitting outside, there's just like bidgies everywhere. Okay. I've got the same problem because I just put down a whole pile of lupin hay. Um, Now, 
I can honestly tell you, Jason, if you go out early in the morning and late in the afternoon, uh, you're going to get all the little insectivore birds and they're going to knock most of them off. Yep. Um, they usually will die on the cold nights, so that drops the population a fair bit. Um you know, you can just use fly spray. When you see them in big swarms like that, you can just fly spray them or get, get some pyrethrum. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you now, the insectivore birds love them. All right, see. So there's no, there's no, like, sorry, there's no, like, plants I can use to, at the back there to sort of repel them? No, no, you'd, no. Need, you'd need, like, an acre. Um, right. You can try You can try pots of mint. Yep. Um, and rue and wormwood. You can get there's a wormwood, a dwarf wormwood that smells, uh, and they don't quite like that smell. So go and get yourself some pots of wormwood and mint. Okay. No worries. Thank you very much. No Thank worries. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we've got midges inside at the moment. Oh, have you? They, yeah, and they follow me around. It's making me really self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's just because I'm always home now because I'm a mum. Ah, uh, okay. That's How come you've with. got midges inside? Don't know. But they, I think they live in the second bathroom. <laughs> and and there was this, I Googled, of course, um, and I put out apple cider vinegar. Oh, yes, And apparently yes. they go to sweet things. Yes. No, not, just not. stank out the whole house. <laughs> So it's just a big trick. So, anyway. honey and water, honey and water. Yeah, yeah. Not apple cider vinegar. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds much nicer. <laughs> but you could clean your bathroom with the apple cider vinegar. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you were saying it's dirty, and that's why there's midges in there. <laughs> no. You should see my kitchen floor. I must bring in. Um, I have to just leave all the doors open at night time. Let all the other things come in to eat all the stuff that's left on the floor. I've got this in my kitchen. I've got like the sink is set into the bench top. Yeah, yeah. But mm, it, there's sort of a little gap, mm-hmm. and food and stuff gets stuck there. Anyway, I've got those tiny little coastal brown ants, oh. and they come in and they clean all around the edge oh, of the sink. They? It's marvellous. Oh, they're just paying you back for all of your great environmental work. God bless them. <laughs> all right, let's go to Cynthia, who's in Mandurah. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. Good morning, Sabrina. Now, Cynthia, you will be very excited as well because the uh, the open garden uh, system is about to kick into full swing. It certainly is, and we've got a lovely one on Sunday, the Delft Inn. Uh, it's only open for the one day because we're combining with Serpentine Jarradale Garden Week. Yes. And um, <clears throat> they've got some special things on there because um, Tony's in a fire uh, bushfire-prone area We've got the fireys coming in to give advice to people on how to protect their property. Uh, the local nursery will be selling uh, native plants. We've got honey sales and Tony will, of course, be talking in his garden. Um, but he's, his garden is really interesting. It's a large garden and he mass plants a lot of his plants. So he's got the most beautiful um, selection of um, hippie estrums that will all be out in flower oh, tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it looks lovely. But in the middle of these um, hippies, he's got the most gorgeous swamp cypress. 
Oh, anyway, oh really? Yeah, when oh. I was there the other day, <clears throat> he was very excited because he said, oh, my swamp cypress has grown a knee. I said, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> they like to have their roots or feet in the water. Yeah, they do. And the, ox- um, the knee um, extracts oxygen from the atmosphere. And I thought, well, gee, you can learn something every day, can't you, you from the garden? You always do, Cynthia. Gardeners are a wealth of knowledge. Give us, the, give us the details for that open garden again. You said it's only one day, Cynthia. Whereabouts? It's um, 233 Foxton Drive in Oakford. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, it's open from 10 to 4. And Open Gardens will be catering all day. So mm-hmm. it should be a really great day. I think it's forecast for 25 tomorrow. So yeah. nice and sunny. Glorious. And so how can people find out more uh, information about the gardens? That will be open from here um, on in. If they go to Open Gardens West Coast website... Open Gardens um, West Coast. Yep. Yeah, look on the um, current events program and it will tell you all about the um, gardens coming up. Fantastic, Cynthia. That Beautiful. is awesome. And I tell you what, if you're ever looking for inspiration... Mm. Um, because the gardens that they're open from the hills down to, you know, the coastal plains. And it just, it's really good to give people an idea, particularly if you're new to gardening yeah. and you sort of see what works and what doesn't work and what works together or, you know, whatever soil type you've got. So, and apart from that, Steens, mm, mm. there's always damn good morning and afternoon tea. <laughs> Don't worry about lunch. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. If you're saying it, oh. I definitely believe it. 1300 720. Nancy is up in Geraldton. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, ladies. Uh, just a lemon tree um, uh, question here. The bark is... P- uh, Peeling off our um, lemon tree. Mm. What could we do about that? That's no good. Uh, so, Nancy, that is uh, collar rot, which is a type of dieback. So, you need to b- scrape away that that uh, bark, and then you need to get some lime sulphur, make it into a powder, and paint the base of the tree and then you can spray the rest of the tree with a liquid, add a bit more liquid to it and spray the rest of the tree. Thank you. And the lime trees don't seem to have any zest coming on the end of the limes. Is that something? Oh, that's a bit odd. Yes, uh, uh, well, that could be a that could be a nutrient deficiency, Nancy. What right. do you... Um, what do you feed them with? But don't give a product name. Do, is it a citrus fertiliser or? Uh, well, he does. And also uh, we have the sheep manure uh, okay. delivered to our house. Okay. Um, it may be that they're getting a bit too much nitrogen. I would right. give them some liquid potassium. Get some liquid potassium and spray all the foliage. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Let's go to Gisella from Hall's Head. Mm. I need to move this little lemon tree. It's approximately one metre high. Is it possible? How do I go about it? Would love your advice. Yeah. Look, uh, citrus transplant really, really well. So I'd cut a third off. I know it's not very big, but I'd still cut a third up. Um, dig it up and move it into a prepped hole. It's, uh, you know, 
Easy peasy. Good time of the year to do it too. And what is wrong with my gem magnolias, says Julia. Oh, oh. Um, that's definitely a nutrient problem. Doesn't like the soil type it's in. I would dig it up and replant it. Yep. Because it's, um, well, it's got scale as well, so you'll need to get a, a pest oil onto that. Uh, I'd prune it because most of it looks pretty awful anyway. Yep. So give it a full-blown makeover. Yeah, 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 a little tizzit's little Nails, haircut. Yep, that's it. A bit of moisturiser on the face. Yep, go the wax. Yep. Um, Also like this text here from Chris in Busso. Um, So we've got a new website, by the way, Sabrina, that includes you. Yes, I heard this morning. Yes, yes, Roots and Shoots is up on there. He said, looking at your programs on ABC Digital TV, couldn't help but chuckle uh, as it read, 9am gardening with Sabrina Hahn and Christ. (laughs) 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 I have come again. Well, there you go. I've apparently. Risen, I, I um, knew I knew I seen awe for some reason, <laughs> and it was your aura. Thank you, Chris. We'll get that sorted out. It's quite. It's like when you go to the movies and they don't have enough characters on the sign, oh, yeah. um, and you go to see a movie and it's yeah, yeah, steel mag or something. Mm, yes, um, exactly. Carol in Mount Barker uh, has said, "What are good edible companion plants with grow uh, for growing with avocados? Avocado trees are planted in half wine barrels." Oh, okay. Um, so. I would, yeah, you've got to be a bit careful with planting around avocado trees when they're in a pot. Uh, I would just do herbs. You could certainly put parsley around the base of it, oregano or thyme. Okay. Thyme, thyme would be the best one, I reckon. All right, let's go to Tracy in Scarborough. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning. Good morning, um, Tracy. How are you? Um, I have a standard iceberg rose, which... Yeah. Um, is looking very dead. There's still a bit of green, like when I scrape some of the bark sort of down the bottom yeah. of the stem. It's yeah. sort of a little bit green, not super green, but it yeah. looks like there is some green. There's life. Because I let, I let suckers grow. Like there was two suckers at the bottom yeah. down the base. Yeah. And I let them grow quite tall for some reason. Don't ask me why. They look pretty, I think. But um, <laughs> I knew that I realised, no, these... They need these suckers need to go, so yeah. I yeah I got rid of them, but too late because the actual all the all the leaves have gone dead. Ah, that's all woody looking and yep. you know not looking good. So I've just, I get I gave it a little bit of dynamic lifter. I yep. think, yeah, yep. and watering. Just you know, is there anything else I can give it or? Uh, okay, don't give it any more fertilizer. I would uh-huh. switch over to a seaweed solution. Okay. Yep. And uh, are there any leaves left on it at all, Tracy? Um, the leaves that are on it are curling up and sort of brown. Yeah. Well, it's not sounding good. No. Definitely do not fertilize it anymore. Okay. Yep. Um, just some sea salt. Yep, just some seaweed solution, yeah, and oh. water. Um, okay. And make sure the water is penetrating down to the root system. You might need a bit of um, wetting agent. To it. it doesn't sound good, those steens. All right. Good luck with it, Tracy. Um, we had a great photo. Let's see if I can troll back and find it from our next caller, Maxine, in Mundaring, if the numbers match up. Um, <laughs> She's got the girls out. Yes. Um, so it's of three chooks having a great time near the trampoline, and Maxine said that the bindi bindi has been better. Yeah. Maxine, is this your photo? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, it's be- I love you, girls. Are they eyes are brown? Um, yes, not eyes. Australia. Well, am I on, on her phone now, am I? You yes, are live you on are. air. Yes. You're live. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Maxine. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I actually put two chooks in the uh, tractor. That's the tractor on the right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the main flocker let out, um, we move the tractor along every two days. Yeah. And the chooks stay in the tractor. Yeah. And the minute the main flockers let out, they come tearing up to (laughs) check out what's been going on. So they have another bit of a a tassel. They're clever. But you see it's a 12 by 12 uh, square metre of compacted uh, mini weeds and bindi bindi. Yeah. And short of getting something like a tile, you know those tile things that you take the tiles off with? Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. Whole top yeah, off the, yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah. soil. Yep. It wasn't going to work, so no. I thought. I, Let the girls out. Yes. And that look, it's done in the, you can tell in the picture, they've done the yes. most wonderful job. Oh, they have, they have, yes. <laughs> you should hire them out. <laughs> look at having a little mini business of yeah. um, we'll clean up your weed. Weeds are us. They come oh, in on it's a tractor. Not that easy. By the time I get them, at, you know, I have to catch them, put them in the, tr- the what's he, you know, in yeah. the tractor. Yeah, yeah. Move it along. Yeah. <laughs> But I wonder how Bindi goes through the old digestive system. No worries at all for a chook. Yeah, right. Oh, they'll, they'll fix it, yes. Yeah. But I think because it's been a dry season, I've noticed that any of my dry plants that might be for the wheat belt or a little bit north of here yep. have flourished. Yeah. So you did ask that question, I think. Yeah. Yes, what that's right. Yep. And that I is think awesome. That's Mm, that's yep. what's happened with Bindi Bindi. Well done, yes. Maxine. Nicely well done, done Maxine. I love it. Thank you for the call. Love it. 1300 222 720. Uh, Mem is in Augusta and has a question about parsnip. Hello, Mem. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Mem. Do you know good. what? Not many people grow parsnips now, and I think they're very much missing out. Yes, well, I can see why. I've been, growing, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been growing them for a couple of years with um, fresh self, self-sown seed. Yeah. Um, and I've used new seed each year. Yeah. Because I had a dear old friend that told me they won't grow with last year's seed. Right. Um, which appears to be quite right. Yes. But what's happening, I've dug the soil down like at least a shovel's depth. But I'm getting about an inch and a half of um, actual parsnip on top and then it's going out into all these little skinny legs instead of one main In one one main. You know what that could be, Mem? That might be too much nitrogen. Oh, okay. Did you put a lot of manure on the bed first, or? Um, Yes, I've had um, I've had sheep manure in it. Yeah, I think it's a bit too much nitrogen. That's what parsnips will do, Um, because they're a really long crop. Like they take ages to develop their root system. Yeah. uh, you, you've got to put manure down about four weeks before you actually plant the parsnip seed. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have done that. It probably would have been um, two weeks. Or yeah, I think I think they've yeah, yeah latched on to too much nitrogen. So the other thing that I do, Mem, when I put parsnip seed or carrot seed in is uh, I dig, make a little trench with a hoe and then I mix in the coca, coconut fibre with some vermiculite. So it makes a very, oh, very okay. light, yeah. light mix so that the yeah. developing root goes straight down. Yes, yes. And yes. one year, Mem, I had parsnips and carrots next to each other, and I ended up with some very interesting root vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Yes. Did yes. they? Did they? I actually did it deliberately because they were oh, cross. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Um, 
Yeah, I had the largest carrots I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life because they were like a parsnip. Um, but it's fun and I love homegrown parsnips. Mm, thanks for the call, ma'am. Um, is it hard to get hold of the seeds? Do I recall no, that from another? No, no, oh, no. But the thing feel. about parsnips is mm. they can take a long time for the seed to germinate. Oh, okay. So what happens is gardeners put the sow the seed and then they after four weeks they go... That's not going to come up. But I've had, sometimes I've had to wait six to eight weeks for the parsnips to germinate. And then they are a long-term crop. But the tip for parsnips, Mm. if you're going to grow your own, Mm. don't pull them when they're young. They're not like carrots, you know, young carrots are really quite sweet. The flavour occurs in parsnips when they're much older and bigger. Define older. Like uh, from probably about, uh, well, you'll see the, the top of the... The top of the parsnip will slowly rise up out of the ground. Yeah. So you want the top of the parsnip to be around a 50-cent coin Yeah, piece. okay. All right. Yep. Um, and they're beautiful when they're, when they're old. So if you're going to buy them in the shops, don't get the young ones. There's no flavour in them. And parsnip soup is... Oh, I feel divine. like this is a metaphor for life. You just get more yeah. flavour as you get older. Is that is that's that, it? Yeah. And you do get rounder and wider. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Let's bring in Kevin from Dandarigan. Hi, Kevin. Morning, brother. G'day, Kevin. I wonder how you. I've got I've got some fig tree cuttings and uh, I've got some powder. And uh, when's the best time to plant them and how do I go about it? Okay, good question, Kevin. Right, now is the best time to plant your cuttings. So your cuttings need to be at least 30 centimetres long and you're going to plant, you're going to put it in the ground, half of the cutting in in potting mix and half sticking up. So 50% under the ground, 50% above the ground. Um, go for not the new wood but the semi-hard wood. You can dip them in the powder if you want or you don't need to because they'll grow from nothing. Uh, But this is the best time of the year to do it. Don't add fertiliser. Put them in with a cheapo potting mix and they'll develop roots. They'll start to shoot and develop roots in probably five weeks and put them in a nice sunny spot. All right, there you go. The gospel according to Sab. Thank you, Kevin. 1300 222 720. Lots of texts as well. Uh, let's hit a few. Sonia in South Lake, just wondering if hot compost must be one metre by one metre. I am considering a space which is long and skinny, maybe 70 by four metres, 70 centimetres by four metres. An unused garden bed right next to a veggie patch. So convenient. What do you think? Compost doesn't know what shape it is. Okay. It, it, it doesn't matter what shape it is. I wasn't sure if I was missing something because <laughs> it sounded very mathematical. Well, the most uh, efficient compost is around about a cubic metre. Oh, right. It's the far, That's what will give you compost the fastest. Oh. But it doesn't matter if it's in a rectangle, a circle, a square or Rhombus, yeah. a hexagonal or whatever. Yep. So doesn't care what shape it is, as long as you've got at least a sort of a one cubic metre mass. All right. Robin Wanneroo, my celery stalks are hollow in the middle. What am I doing wrong? Boron deficiency and probably too much nitrogen. So with a lot of 
vegetables, because we have no boron in our soil, you go to the supermarket and you buy a packet of borax. You put one tablespoon in nine litres of water. And when you first put your veggies in, this is really important for things like beetroot, all the root vegetables, you drench the veggies in the soil with the borax and water. And you only need to do it once. Okay. That's it. Uh, 1300 720. We're going to speak to Sue Layton from the Ravensthorpe Wildflower mm. Festival very soon and we'll get your song pick of the week. Uh, let's take a few more calls. I've got uh, Hannah Lee from Gosnells. Hi, Hannah Lee. How are you going? Good morning. I'm doing really well. I have an ornamental plum tree that don't have a lot of blossoms and every plum ornamental plum around me in the area they're just covered in blossoms and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> that's, that's a bit unfair. Um, so, Hannah Lee, are they out in full sun? Pardon? Are your, are your plum trees in full sun? Oh, yes, they are. They are, okay. So it's probably a potassium deficiency. Yes. So you can get sulphate of potash and you can also get liquid potassium but it's too late to do it now. You have to yeah. do. You have to add that in summer. In summer, yeah. Okay. So near the what end of that summer. One sulfate of sulfate of potash. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good luck right, with it. Just add that in summer. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks Hannah Lee. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. Uh, this from Lynn Spring is definitely here. My small everlasting's meadow in my front yard oh, in Floriot. Look at that. Yes, my daughter loves eating those. Are they okay? <laughs> they're okay. To eat. Yeah, yeah, they're fine to eat. <laughs> okay, I don't good. think they're very nutritious, but no. they're fine to eat. Yeah, um, I have noticed that a lot of people are doing that now because mm. everlasting seeds are, um, are very easy to purchase now. So you go along, driving along, and you'll see some verges that are just a mass of everlastings yeah. and it looks so beautiful. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, really nice. Alright, I think it's time for a song. It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. All right, Sab, you've got your rave pants on. Just joking. <laughs> You're not actually going to... Could you imagine if you came in with some fat boy slim? Although... Oh, no. No? Oh, I don't know. Oh. No. <laughs> some fat boy slim's okay. Okay. This is a song about summer. Oh. I thought it was appropriate. Good pick. Um, yeah. Who's the artist? Haim. Oh, I love Haim. Let us know what you think.
You can talk over that quite easily, yeah. Summer Girl by Haim. Yeah. yeah. I like a bit of saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. It's slowly coming back into vogue, I think. Yeah. yeah. I also love the oboe. <laughs> That's great, you know, because not a lot of people do. I and it's know. very hard to play with the double reed. Yeah, you need yeah. a really good embouchure. Yeah. Apparently. Um, but it's a beautiful, it's kind of like a haunting sound, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. But I used to play some oboe concertos to one of the children. Can't remember which one. Yeah. Uh, and they used to go to sleep with really? it. Yeah, I suppose the uh, gin that I drank the night before probably helped us. <laughs> now, I'm only joking. Do not drink if you are breastfeeding children. <laughs> I reckon there'd be some oboe players out there who are like, finally, we get a mention on radio and the bassoons, you're next. Yeah, Don't exactly, worry. We haven't exactly. forgotten about you. 1300 222 720. Um, now, uh, we are going to speak to Sue uh, who unfortunately has just dropped off the line. Oh. Uh, and that is my fault. So we'll get Sue Layton back on the line to talk about the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Festival. Let's talk to uh, Sarah, who we've got on the line now. Sarah is in Nerogen. How are you going? Hello, Sarah. You there, Hello? Sarah? Oh, no one's there. Nope. Uh, okay. Uh, That's all right. Let's go to Norm in Marmion, who I'm sure is here. Hi, Norm. Hi, ladies. How are you going? Success. Yeah. Good. How are you? 
very well, Norm. Can you hear me okay? I'm in the car. Yes, yes, we we can hear you loud and clear. We can, go. Okay, perfect. I've got um, five or six citrus trees that are growing in um, half-barrel pots, you know, the wine barrels, half-wine barrels. Yeah. And they've been there for about five or six years. Yes. And I'm just wondering how I can improve the soil without ripping them out and repotting them. Okay. So, Norm, all you need is a hand trowel and a bucket next to you and you're going to dig out some of the soil with the hand trowel. Yep. And then you're going to have another bucket which has potting mix, a little bit of compost mixed with it. With it. So to one bag of potting mix, you only want a quarter of a bucket of compost. You're going to mix that up together with some slow-release fertiliser and fill up the holes that you've taken out with the hand trowel. Okay. And given that citrus has their, their roots quite high in the pot, is that going to do any harm to them? Well, it will probably... They'll probably go into sulk mode for a, like a few months. Sulk but, mode. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you need to do it anyway, Norm, otherwise your citrus will start going downhill. So, okay, yeah, no, they're, they're not going to be too happy about it, but they'll be a lot happier in two months' time. Okay. And I bought a bag of this fertiliser by a very famous lady who does the garden show on the ABC. Yes. <laughs> um, and when, when should I apply that? Well, once you've done the... I want you to mix that in with your potting mix and the compost after you've dug out. So you probably only need one handful of that particular fertiliser, mix it through and off you go. All right, wonderful. Thank you, Norm. 1300 720. We have just a quick break in intermission to talk about yes. the Ravens Thought Wildflower Festival. We have the wonderful, the magnificent Sue Layton who uh, brought into our office at ABC Great Southern boxes and boxes of hand-picked wildflowers this oh. time a few years ago oh. because she's got a licence to do so, by yes. the way. And I tell you what, Sue, they lasted for so long, they then beca- became dried pot puree near the printer and they could <laughs> still be there. And I left a year ago now. How are you going? I'm pretty, I'm very well. I remember that very well as well. <laughs> um, how are preparations going for the festival? It starts on the 9th? Yes, it starts on Monday, so preparations are really well underway. And um, we've got, oh gosh, so much happening. So many new events this year and it's jam-packed with all sorts of things happening. So we kicked it off last night really in a way because the community arts opened in um, in Dunart. I think would have been 120-odd exhibition entries. So... Yeah, no, we're really well underway. Well, um, Sue, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there for the opening, but I am coming down sort of close towards the closing. But uh, there's some pretty exciting international news, I believe, uh, when it comes to the extraordinary eucalypts that grow down around the Ravensort region. Oh, yes, we are. What? No, Malcolm French, the um, the guru on the eucalypts. yes. Uh, He's quoted us as being the epicenter for eucalypt in the universe. Wow, that's a that's a pretty big deal. I know <laughs> that is a very big deal. Um, and Andrew Collins come back with it the other day and says, "Well, the gum tree capital." And I said, "Boy, that's true too." Yes, that's <laughs> true. Especially if Andrew said it. Um, so, how many people are you expecting? What kind of events? Um, if people are listening to this, thinking, "I want to come along," what what will they find at the festival? 
Well, you'll find, to start off, the Wildflower Show is there. Uh, we have up to 700 um, plant species, all botanically named. Uh, not too sure how many we get every year, but whatever happens, we always got a great display. We've um, got a good lot of educational programs and walks and talks, so all science-based. So you can, you know, citizen science-based, really, but we've got a zoologist with us, Andy Chapman, who lives in the area. Go for walks with him and just learn so much. Nathan McCoy, another eucalyptus freak. Yes. You know, we're all freaks. <laughs> and, and just knows the area so well and just loaded with information. We've even got a, a bird life field day going out to the um, carnivies. Oh, great. Where they nest out in the salmon gums, which is the most southern group of salmon, uh, salmon gums in the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Don't get that right. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and a few years ago, fire ripped through the area uh, and, and devastated a lot of the, the, the parks and the roads. And, and the road into the uh, the road across the Cullum Inlet has only just been uh, reopened a few weeks ago. Is that right? Going into Fitzgerald River National Park. So the access is better. Is that right, Sue? Access is beautiful. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's it was quite exciting driving across the sands in there for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been. And, do, any, um, do anything to get across into that park because once you hit that park, mm. it's a totally different world. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. astonishing. It is seriously astonishing. But you guys also do um, four-wheel drive tag-along tours, don't you? So people oh, can yeah. get to some of the most stunning floral displays in the world. Yep. Yes, and, and on those four-wheel drive tag-alongs, you know, we've got Nathan McCoy or, or sometimes you, or John Tucker. He's a bird and orchid and all sorts of experts. And then we've got also um, Martin Gold. He's coming down from Perth here for most of the festival. He's a geologist because, you know, we try to uh, edumacate people. Between geology and plants is very important. Yeah. And the eucalypts show you that. You can go along, drive along the road and say, oh, oh, on the next corner, none of those eucalypts grow there. Yeah, they so they quite soil-specific, aren't they? Yes. Yes, and then everything around it as well. And there's um, there's an interest for people who'd like to have a crack at doing their own botanical artwork. You've got some uh, watercolor workshops. Is that correct? Oh, we've got we've got we've got um, Megan Hodson from Margaret River, mm-hmm. who just does amazing things, and everything's always outside the square, you know. Yeah. Um, she's running a workshop for adults. Yep. And but she's also got one going with the children, so you call it kids art. Yep. And, yeah. and the message says, you know, come prepared for mess. Yep. So come <laughs> dressed for mess. <laughs> and so, they're gonna they're gonna create their own wallpaper for the youth club. Ah oh, awesome. With their own art. So and hey Sue, has the long table lunch fully booked? Not fully booked yet. Well, I'm telling fun. people if oh, you want Siri um, wants to come to if your you long want table lunch. If you want to um <laughs> have the most awesome tucker then you need to go book for this long table lunch because it's damn good. Yeah, and uh, I, last year I bought Wombat and uh, 
I won't be doing that this year, Wombat. <laughs> Wombat, I want you to ring in, though, because I've lost your number and I'm going to take you out for a drink. Oh, um, awesome. so So 700, about 700 um, species on display. Well, it can be up to, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. if people have never been to that region, the great thing about this Wildflower Festival is that you will see all the flowers of the region in the one mm. building. It is Unbelievably yeah. exciting! I wet my pants over it every year. Every oh, year, soon. there you go. You should you should um use that as a quote on your brochures. <laughs> you know when people have the the reviews of five stars <laughs> from the Sydney Morning Herald. <laughs> yeah, you should pop that on the front. So all the best with it. Um, I know it'll go well. Uh, if people want to go to a website or yep. if they want to phone a place to get more information, what's the best way to do it? Uh, yes, they can go to um, www did I say enough of them? Wildflowersravenstalks.org.au. Great. And lots of guided talks and walks and great fun. The middle week, in the middle week on the 14th, it's the big festival day. Have huge street parades and live bands and music and fireworks. It'll be great. Lots of pop-up shops this year too. All right. Good luck with it, Sue. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Sue. Sue Layton from the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Festival. Uh, Speaking of which, I went to buy some flowers, some lovely, lovely flowers. Beautiful banksias. I I love um, Australian natives. Yeah. Always have. I swear I love them before they were cool. Stunning. They're very, they're so nice at the moment. I know proteas are native to South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're related to banksias, actually. Mm, I like the banksia coccinia. Oh, everyone loves the banksia Mm, coccinia. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And you will see a plethora of them at the Fitzgerald River National Park. Yes. Yep. Hold on to your knickers, people. It's very <laughs> exciting. And bring a nappy by the sound of it. <laughs> 1300 222 Colin from Dan Darrigan has been waiting very patiently. Hi, Colin. I think it's done, Craig. Oh, oh done, okay. Craig. Yeah, very different to Dan Darrigan. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry about that, Colin. That's okay. Um, Just the worst combination. I've got six months uh, winter shade, six months summer sun. Yeah. I've got some roses there. They survive. But what what could I put in there that will be okay? Shrub half a metre high, something like that will actually deal with that six months winter shade. Yeah. You know what's really good is a lot of the deciduous plants like uh, the ornamental pomegranate will grow there. Um, the ornamental quince is a beautiful plant, tough as old boots, gets gorgeous like apple blossom flowers and you get little tiny fruit, which you can't really eat. Um, (laughs) so it goes completely dormant in winter, so it doesn't care, it gets no sun at all and will take full blast of the summer sun. So I would, yeah, so I'd go the ornamental quince. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that works well there, because I've got the same position at home, is the Brainier Einstone. B R E Y N I A. Right. Ironstone. Okay. And how tall does that grow? Well, the Brainier gets quite tall, so it's about two metres high. Oh, but okay. you can keep it to however big you want it. And then the ornamental quince is only a metre high. All right. Thank you, Colin from Duncraig at 1300 On the text line, Phil from Frio, if you cross a parsnip with a carrot, do you get a parrot? 
<laughs> Very good, Phil. Or do you get a, what would you get? Uh, no, I can't. Carsnip? A carsnip. Carsnip, that's mm. cool. Um, Eve in Ashby said, when, uh, when and by how much do I prune my hibiscus? Uh, okay, so you can take, it depends. There's so many different hibiscus and I don't know which one she's got. Mm. But uh, you can take at least 50% off. Okay. Uh, Matt is in Perth. Good morning, Matt. Hello. Hello, Hi. Matt. What can we do for you this morning? Um, I've got a sick kumquat tree. I've actually sent a text message through with a couple of pictures on there. Okay. okay. Um, what does your phone number end in? Uh, 878. 878. All right. We're this just, is where we madly we're scrolling. Scroll. We're scrolling oh. through uh, as fast as we can, Matt. Um, there's, oh, yeah, there it is. And I just pressed refresh. Oh, okay, we got it. Here oh, we yeah. Go. Oh, yep. ooh. Oh, yeah. So it, it was it was planted when we bought the house, yeah, uh, three or four years ago, and it's yeah. been fine. The last year or two, I tried fertilizing it and drenching it, and nah. uh, the weeds are loving it. It's quite yeah. yellow. It's um, not only yellow; it's yeah. What's what's up? Uh, you know what you need to do with that? You need to prune the bejesus out of it, and then yep. you're going to dig it up, Matt. And you're going to have yep. a look at the root system because I reckon oh, okay. there's something wrong below ground. Okay. Um, you know, if that was me, I'd turf it and put a new one in. <laughs> Seriously. Brutal bit. In all, in all seriousness, Matt. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Truly, there's okay. something very, very wrong with that kumquat tree. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And I reckon it's at root system level. And yeah. usually, if that is the case, there's not a lot you can do about it. Poor thing's really trying, though. It's got oh, a few yeah. like stray fruit. Do you think there's something growing below root level or just the roots? No, no. It's the actual roots of the kumquat tree. And once the roots are compromised, you, you really, it's an uphill battle. And you can spend years trying to get it better, whereas I'd go and buy a nice new one and put it in. All right. Thank you, Matt. Nice street, though. Um, mm. On the text line, uh, suing Kununara, I have mealybugs attacking my desert roses when they're <gasps> budding. Ooh. As I live in the Kimberley, oil is a bit harsh. Is there something else I can do? Uh, yes. Now, um, says, because the desert rose is not a very big plant, you need to go and get a toothbrush. Not one you're going to use again, mind you. <laughs> um, and and the um, soapy water that you wash your woolens in that comes in flakes. Oh, yes. You mix that up with warm water so it dissolves and then with your little toothbrush you're going to go scratchy scratch scrape. Oh, right. Mm. Okay. And that won't be as bad. She said um, she's been told ants cause mealybugs. Is that right? No, 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 no. Ants love mealybugs because oh. mealybugs secrete honeydew out of their little derriere and the <sighs> ants collect the honeydew oh. and take it back to their nest because it's sweet. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So, and then they'll move they'll move scale and mealybugs around to different places on the plant. Yeah. So they have another so they breed up and they have another source of honeydew. So they have a symbiotic relationship with the um, mealybug. Wow, that's so fascinating. 1300 Uh Let's just remind you of this. Achoo. Oh, my, achoo. my hay fever is really playing up. I feel awful. Have you tried licking a plant to build up your immunity? I always think it's best to face these things head on. <laughs>
Afternoons is heading to Kings Park for the Wildflower Festival. Join us live from Kings Park, 12.30 to 4, Wednesday on ABC Radio Perth and WA. I hate you, Slim. (laughs) And you won't be sneezing, which is probably... A great thing because you're co-hosting the whole thing. I know. Well, and I happen to know that that is not a true Jillo sneeze because you can hear it in the cross in the other building. <laughs> so she's just pretend she, sneezing is there. Is she a screamer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so is my mum. Yeah, yeah. I said to Slim that I want to see him in something floriferous. I want a floral shirt. Oh, he'll deliver. Oh, yeah. He's very. It's a very well-dressed man. He is. is our Slim. Very stylish. Um, all right. Let's take a few more Calls. Michael is in Eastwick Park. Hi, Michael. Good morning, girls. Hello. I'm hoping you can be a resurrector. Ah, well, well, <laughs> Steen's, Steen's here is called Christ <laughs> if on you, a day's off. If you go to the new website, it, it's calling me Christ because there isn't enough characters on the screen to have Sabrina's <laughs> name and my own. So I'll see, I'll see what I can do. I can try and be a saviour. Tell us. Okay, here's my problem. I've got this beautiful, used to be a beautiful rose in the front yard. Yeah. And we thought it had died 10 years ago. Oh. And the other day, I saw this shoot coming up and it produced one rose on top. Wow. The work here is done. And I just couldn't <laughs> believe this thing was alive. Wow. The rest of the tree is, or the, the plant is totally dead. Yes. Just this one shoot coming up out of somewhere in this plant. Yeah. Can I resurrect this? Can I replant it? Can I do something to rescue it? Okay. Now, I don't want to pop your party balloon here, Michael, but <laughs> but that is probably the rootstock that's shot. Ah, uh, no. So, I had a funny feeling that might be the case. Yeah. So when you when that when it had one flower, was it the same colour as you normally have? It was a. It was more of a. Um, not. I was about to say pink, but it's actually more like. Um, uh, more like orange, maybe. Not even red. Just yeah. off pastely. I reckon it's rootstock. So I don't reckon it's going to be the same rose that's. Okay. That's died. And in all honesty, Michael, you don't really, you don't want rootstock growing unless you're using it to graft. No, no. Just, no. just, just on the poss- possible bil- possibility that I may be getting the same rose back. Uh, highly unlikely. Dream. Highly unlikely, Michael. Okay. Oh, okay. thanks, Sabrina. I'm so sorry, sorry to burst your bubble, Michael. <laughs> You're not as sorry as I am. Oh. I tell you what, Michael. Mm. Do you know what colour the original rose was? It was a red rose. It was a it was a standard rose. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. And that's what surprised me. That would be from a rooster. I think it was planted from from a seed um, or from a from oh. a bulb. I should say. Yeah, oh. Was, yeah. Anyway, you've got Dr. Huey rootstock. Okay. So, yeah. oh, sorry, well, Michael. I'll just go and cry for a while. <laughs> go, go and cry, <laughs> and then could. and then go and buy yourself a new one. Yeah, please I'm do. Good. I'm about to. Yeah. Good, to. good man. Good. Yeah, new Thank beginnings. You. Thank you, Michael. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty reminds me a little bit of this. Did you see this plant made the news? Lone tomato plant spotted growing on a wooden pillar uh, oh. under the Brooklyn Bridge. How oh, random is wow. that? It's just a piece of wood yeah. and a tomato just tomatoes fighting for its life. Are, oh, speaking of tomatoes, mm. tomatoes are amazing. Because everything, everyone's putting them in now. So now the DPIRD, the Department of 
primary industries and regional development. regional development have put a call out. They want people to join a program to uh, look out for potato tomato psyllid. They're a, quite a lovely looking insect, but extremely um, dangerous, dangerous and, and they ruin everyone's crops. Mm. So if you can go on the DPIRB website, have a look at the potato tomato psyllid fact sheet. It's got pictures of what they actually look like. It's got pictures of what the damage is that that happens to the tomatoes and um, Solanaceae family because don't forget they attack chilies and sweet potatoes. So... Um, Please join them and be a citizen in this citizen science project so we can keep a track of just the, the numbers of mm. potato, tomato, psyllid that are out there. Yeah, good point. Uh, let's go to Stuart in Palmyra. Hi, Stuart. Hi, ladies. How are you? Very um, well. Show. Keep the, I'll keep the question quick. I've okay. got two avocado, two avocado trees, one in the front, one in the back, yep. about 15 metres apart. Yep. The one in the back, though, has got very brown, brittle edges around the leaves. Yeah. But the one in the front a bit more greener. Yes. Quite greener. Um, what's, what's okay. Probably nutrient deficiency, Stuart. Um, now, avocados require lots of potassium. I would be getting uh-huh. liquid potassium yep. and spraying it all over the foliage. Lovely. Change your fertiliser to a high mineralised fertiliser that's got, you know, 60 different minerals in it because it's got good levels of potassium. Yep. Put sulphate of potash around the bottom but spray with liquid potassium all the foliage as far up as you can get. Yep, roger that. I will do. Uh, and a quick one. Yep. I spoke to you about uh, eight weeks ago. I've still got the bunch of bananas hanging on the tree. Oh, okay. It's still growing. I'm just yep. leaving them there in the black bag. Yep, beautiful. So Perfect, cut the, Stuart. Cut the flower off and yep. they're just sitting there doing nothing. So oh, now, now we're getting warm weather. They should start pumping out. You're a good student, no Stuart. <laughs> no worries, ladies. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Stuart. Bye. You too. Scratch and sniff sticker for you. Um, let's go to Wayne, who's in Mindari. How are you, Wayne? Very well, thank you, ladies. How are you? Good. My question is, I've got some Trinidad scorpion cardi seeds, which I'm itching to plant. Yes. And I'm just wondering what would be, because I'm going to grow them in a pot. Yes. What would be the best mix to... Seed raising mix. They need a very light mix, Wayne. So go and buy yourself seed raising mix and put them in that. And I usually cover my seeds with vermiculite, which you can buy in a bag, and they'll germinate really well, especially now it's getting warmer. All right. Comment on the text line. Jan in Mandara said, Sabrina, you promised us some, ba- you promised us some Beethoven today. Very ah, disappointed. Beethoven next week. Yeah, good. That's probably my fault, if anything, Jan. So I'll cop that one and ah. we'll do it next week. Um, and we've got a, a text here from Trisha in Williton. Are there any self-drive day trips out of Perth for a wildflower experience? Maximum two and a half hours drive. That makes yeah. Ravy a bit hard. I tell you what, Yanchep National Park is sensational for wildflowers. Yeah. Go off, you know, they have the they have little dirt roads that go off. The, the wildflowers there are fantastic. Or go to Kings Park. Yeah, yeah. They have all of West Australia's wildflowers in that one little area. But go to Yanchep. Go on Wednesday, Tricia. Go and yeah. say hello to Sabrina. And go, <laughs> and go to Dan Darrigan. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm. Uh, Sab, always great to have you in. Um, good luck on Wednesday. We'll all be listening. Thanks. <laughs> have a good weekend, guys. It's time for the news. It's 10 o'clock.
President of the Fremantle Dockers, Dale Alcock. Sports talk. We don't have a cultural problem. Can we be better in terms of the internal culture and the vibe within the place? Absolutely. Be part of the program. 10am Saturday, ABC Radio Perth. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.